1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a daily podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Uh, All this week, we'll be talking to Reverend Richie Sessions. Richie, welcome.
0: Hey, glad to be here.
1: Uh, Richie is originally from Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, He is married to Laura. Laura and he has been in pastoral ministry since 2004. Uh, In 2009, Richie was called to be the senior pastor at Independent Pres in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, where he served there until 2015. And in 2015, uh, Richie was called to be the RUF campus minister at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Richie and Laura have three children, Mamie, Griffin, and Margaret. Um, Richie, thanks again for taking the time to be on the podcast uh, today. Looking forward to getting to talk to you. Um, All right, and, yeah. And I thought as we, we get into some of the questions we have for you, would you mind just telling us a little bit about RUF, the Ministry of Reform University Fellowship? We know that uh, several of our listeners uh, know about that. We've had Brian Sorganfreil on and Ryan Hughes as well as others. But do you mind just giving us a brief snippet of what RUF is?
0: You bet. So RUF is the college ministry of the Presbyterian Church in America, the PCA, and we serve in uh, over 100 campuses, uh, mainly in the United States, but also internationally now. And uh, our mission is to reach students for Christ and to equip them to serve. We see ourselves as an arm of the church uh, where we preach the gospel and uh, do evangelism and discipleship, but really our goal is to get people back into the local church or into a local church maybe for the first time and uh, where they can grow. And uh, we really – one of the things that we say at RUF is we'll know we're successful um, if someone is 30 years, you know, uh, laboring in, serving in, a member of a local church body somewhere It's really how we gauge our success and uh, following Christ uh, for decades. So we have a long-view approach.
1: Awesome. Yeah, and I can just say, I mean – personally speaking, how much RUF has meant to me and how the Lord used that in a mighty way uh, in my college years. And then also just thinking about all that RYM uh, does and partners with RUF and appreciates the ministry of RUF. So um, thank you for what you do. Yeah, love it. And and we thought, uh, I thought that would serve as a good uh, segue from you talking about RUF uh, to our first question today, Um, just since you've been in Uh, campus ministry uh, since 2015, uh, just talking about some of those college trends uh, that you see on the campus. Um, You know, as I ask you about trends, what are a few of those that kind of come to the surface that you see as kind of the biggest, uh, you know, trends that you're observing uh, in students' lives?
0: Yeah. Um, I'll speak for, uh, of course, for, for Vanderbilt, and I think there's probably a lot of universality just uh, across the board, so what's true at Vanderbilt is probably true at a lot of places. But a particular particular uh, trend at Vanderbilt uh, is, you know, FOMO, the fear of missing out, uh, and it's that that's not a new thing. Humans have struggled with FOMO since the Garden of Eden, uh, mm-hmm. the fear of missing out on something. And um, but I do think we're we're at a um, a particularly interesting or uh, I'd I'd like to say that FOMO maybe has gone viral Mm. because social media, people live on their phones and social media creates this constant fear of missing out where maybe when we were growing up, the fear of missing out was, you know, you would drive down the street and you would see a, you know, a bunch of cars parked by someone's house and you would think, Oh, I didn't get invited to that party uh, and, uh, or maybe you would see some friends together, but but that would happen like, you know, once a week or once a day or something. And now it's once every 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. someone, somebody, some, somebody somewhere is living your life. And so FOMO creates, um, um, you know, not just a, a sense of fear, but sort of a nagging anxiety with some people, uh, a sense of shame and inadequacy that is just Uh, crippling in some cases, especially when people are always presenting this good side of themselves. It's unrealistic. Uh, The way that uh, people look, they look, people look more beautiful. They doctor their pictures, et cetera, et cetera. They need a certain amount of likes. It's just a, it's a really, it, it takes the fear of missing out and makes it uh, more powerful, more prevalent. And uh, students just, uh, you know, the students I minister to now, you know were born uh, you know, gosh, almost now in the early two thousands. and so they were they're sort of known as tech natives. so they grew up with uh, the smartphone. they grew up with uh, social media. Mm-hmm. and uh, so that's a big trend. that's a ma- that's a massive trend that I think is uh, a phenomenon uh, for this generation. I'd also say another trend I see is, um, and it may be related to technology, uh, or exacerbated by it maybe, uh, is just relational IQ is pretty low. Hmm. And maybe this is true, uh, always for people in the ages, between the ages of 22, I'm sure it is, but it seems to be that, um, French pe- people don't know how to do friendship, hmm. just basic friendship, um, there seems that in, and I don't know if it's a Vanderbilt thing, um, but the idea of deep intimate friendship is, does not seem to be valued? Um, maybe it has as as it's been in previous generations. Uh, it's much more about what's valued now seems to be uh, over deep and intimate relationships, either male or female relationships, but whether they're dating relationships, marriage relationships, what's valued now more is about resume, uh, even the the worship of the experience. There's a real, you know, it's about my experience. Millennials love this idea of, you know, the full experience and, uh, you know, I'm gonna go out and live my my best life and all that. You only live once. So that's a ma- That's a major trend. And and then I think relationships, deep relationships, which take time and commitment, are messy. They often uh, uh, fall by the wayside. I think there's a lot. I've just recognized a lot of really lonely people because of it. Mm. And, and also just one of the adverse effects of not having deep uh, fr- friendships, not just loneliness, but I would also say a lack of, of understanding who, who you are, a identity crisis that, that always exists, you know, between 18 to 22 or at any age, but especially at that age. But I, but I see that people, so when people aren't in a relationship, they also don't know themselves. So there's a, that's an interesting connection, uh, So uh, you were going to say something? No, I
1: was just, I mean, there's so many questions that are coming to mind from what what you're saying. But, I mean, even as you're talking about the challenges that they have to relate to each other, how, how are you seeing this played out? I mean, as an RUF campus minister, I know so much of what you're doing. I mean, obviously you're preaching and leading Bible studies, but you're also having social functions and trying to get them together. Do you see those struggles kind of going on as you get these groups Mm -hmm. together and you're kind of seeing people struggling to relate, how how does that flesh itself out?
0: Yeah. Um, People just like that, they kind of don't, even though the, like at Vanderbilt, many or not most of our students are socially adept. So they're good at having conversations, but they're very, it seems to be, it's often very transactional. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the relationship. um, It's about how am I coming off? Uh, How do I sell myself? How do I look? They're really good at interviewing um, and uh, really good at looking good. But um, yeah, that's that's different than a relationship. So it's a really it's a great opportunity for the gospel Mm -hmm. and how the gospel frees you up to be seen by God and others. And so you know, in a function like a in a like a Bible study or a freshman Bible study, a lot of times you know I've looked up before and. Everyone will be on their phone. Everyone's staring at their <laughs> They're screen.
1: They're all looking at the Bible app, though, right? They're not doing
0: anything. Right, else. right, right, right. They're all looking at the Bible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're all looking at their screen, and uh, and so I think that's just pretty telling. Hmm. Um, and and so I, I one of the conversations I have with students a lot is you're surrounded by people, but you're very lonely. Hmm. And they'll they'll like you. Yes, yes. That's right. I'm surrounded by people, but I'm lonely. I've never been more connected and more feeling, never felt more disconnected. Um, So, yeah. It it, And uh, people like guys and girls don't know how to talk to one another. Uh, There's a lot. uh, I would say this is related to another trend is just a hookup culture. Mm. Uh, Vanderbilt's definitely hookup culture. Everyone would say that's a hookup culture where sex is just something that people do. Uh, it's just a sort of an act. Um, and, and so that has affected a lot of relationships between guys and girls because um, they, uh, okay, are we friends? Are we just going to be friends? Are we going to hang out? Are we going to hook up? I, I think of a story one time I was told to me several years ago. There was a group that was a group of uh, freshmen males and females that were hanging together. And I remember a girl was really upset because she said, The guys said they didn't want to hang out when they realized we were going to hook up Hmm. and like literally have sex with them. So you thought we were going to, you know, I thought this was going to be fun. We're going to hook up. So sex is just, you know, it's very, very, uh, yeah, it's just very prevalent and very broken sexually. Hmm. Uh, And I think it's just sort of the sexual brokenness in our culture. We see it, it. What was what's normal now and what's accepted now? Um, I'm, I'm starting to sound like an old, old guy, like an old, <laughs> but it what's, what's accepted now is just, uh, was just, just wouldn't have been even, you know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so we, uh, I'm 43, I don't know how old you are, but yeah.
1: 38. So yeah. Um, but, but as you're saying that too, I'm thinking of, uh, Nancy Piercy's book called love thy body. Um, and just her, phenomenal research that she she's done but she has an entire chapter and it might be entitled the hookup culture Um, but just I mean it's it's unbelievable what all she um, uncovers in there and I mean even getting into just kind of the chemicals in our brain how they weren't designed uh, to just hook up and disengage and say that okay that was that meant nothing Um, so for students I mean that you know she has several student testimonies just saying you know, when they hook up, they just try to just disengage, you know, mentally from what's going on and just how we're not wired that way. Um, but that's an excellent resource to pick up. And, you know, I'm sure so I'll many, definitely check that out. Yeah. So many um, uh, college students would benefit from that for sure. You know, just as well as yeah, ministers ministering to those in the midst of that culture. Yeah. Um, and so, as you're you're talking about just them being disengaged again relationally, how do you see that um, as you're trying to counsel some of these students and have conversations? Uh, do they still try to kind of keep that resume um, mentality with you when they're talking to you and be guarded? And I know we all do that to a certain extent, but are you able to yeah. to see them open up about you know FOMO and other things?
0: Um, a student that so. The, if, if they they'll only probably meet with me one time if they want to manage their image mm-hmm. because, um, and I'm, I don't see myself as like one of these real sort of bombastic or real, like challenging edgy, you know, guys that can just blow, you know, blow someone up, blow their <laughs> paradigm. Um, but I, I really, I really will ask them hard questions and, uh, or just try to bring the gospel to them and, and, So I can tell real quick if this is like, oh, uh, they don't want to meet with me again. They may meet with me three years later. Um, And and, but generally people are coming to me and I have a lot of one on ones because there's so much wreckage Mm. and the people are so hungry for truth are so hungry for forgiveness, for hope, for direction, for meaning. Um, And so, yeah, I, I. they they'll do that initially, but I made it didn't take me long to figure out how to break through some of that stuff. It's like they don't even know how to stop it because a lot of them have had parents that have cult wanted wanted them to cultivate that um, superficial sort of exterior uh, manager manager image kind of thing, but they want to be freed from it. And so it's been really cool uh, seeing people converted. And it's often comes out of conversations of like, they're burned out at 19. Hmm. You know, they're burned out, like burned out at 19, 20 years old, which is just a great opportunity for, for the gospel, which leads me to like another trend that I wanted to mention too, is just, it just, I think the word is just, we're just, we're increasingly uh, post-Christian um, increasingly secular where people's parents didn't go to church, even in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, especially my student, I have a lot of students come from the East coast or the West coast. And they're definitely, I mean, the West coast, you'd be saying in some ways pre Christian, um, like they haven't even been exposed to Christianity. A lot of, a lot of places in the West, but there's just uh there's all, it, I see it as a real opportunity because there's very little – there's a lot less religion or sort of traditional Christianity um, than there used to be, I think. Um, people are just increasingly like, oh, I'm not a Christian or I don't go to church or my parents didn't go to church. Or, my grandparents, or, I've never been to church. I mean I, I've met students and growing up in Arkansas ministering in Memphis and Mississippi, you know, it's just every sort of everybody's a Christian kind of thing, but uh, culturally a Christian – but I'm just seeing that become less and less the case, uh, and so I don't see a lot, especially at Vanderbilt, which being a school in in Nashville in the South, uh, unusual. They just, people aren't, people don't just go to church because they go to church. You're either like like a Christian, a committed Christian, um, or you're not, and so they don't. There's not this need to pretend, which is a great opportunity. I mean, it's really hard soil in that sense, but it's also a great opportunity to have real conversations about the veracity of the gospel and and the scripture. So I have a lot of conversation. So just you know, America is becoming more more secular. It's, I mean, I know that there's just tons of research on that that proves mm-hmm. that to be the case. But um, just a de-churched, unchurched uh, place, and your and the college campus is the college campus is is, is if is where the culture's going. Um, I would say, you know, it's just, just a lot less religious, but probably in some cases, um, that Protestant evangelical, you know, born agains. we used to say, used to call them born again, I think there's more authentic Christianity maybe than there used to be. Hmm. Um, it just looks like there's probably less nominal Christianity. And I know that's played out and I don't have the numbers on that, but fewer people quote are going to church, but there's also a growth. Uh, in some places of true, authentic Christianity or people who are, you know, evangelical or whatever word you want to say it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, just seeing it as, you know, an opportunity um, because we know as Christians uh, so many ways in which these students are are pursuing, they're ultimately longing for the gospel. And so you, you know, an an opportunity to connect the dots for them and help them see how the gospel answers, you know, whatever this is that they're looking for to um, so seeing it as an opportunity uh, that's definitely a good perspective um, well Richie did you want to add anything else i mean we could talk about these trends all day long there's there's so much good stuff
0: just one one quick thing is and I see a lot of students that come out of the local church even a PCA church I'll just pick on our own denomination mm-hmm. um, is just a a very low Bible IQ, just basic sort of understanding of Christianity, understanding of scripture. Uh, and we just assume like these kids understand the gospel and understand, I think a lot of times understand and they just, they don't. And so, um, we're seeing, you know, what I call Southern conversions come out of our covenant students, mm-hmm. uh, covenant kids like, Oh, I've always been a Christian, but they didn't really know Jesus. They knew about Jesus. And so that's really exciting. Um, But uh, I think we assume a lot sometimes like, oh, they don't, you know, they don't drink, smoke, chew, don't date girls that do. And they must be, you know, they're good, moral people, but they don't really know Jesus. I think it's uh, I do see that a lot. So that's one thing I'd add.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, Richie, again, that's all very helpful and something we could spend a day on each one of those trends talking about. But, um, yeah, that's helpful for us just as. Again, talking to youth workers that are going to have students that are headed uh, your direction, you know, on college campuses. So it's helpful for us to think about these things. So thanks, Richie.
0: Absolutely. Glad to do it.